Welcome to Wednesday Comics. To my right, AP18 himself is Alex. How you doing? I am good. Hello, everyone. And to my left, the GW himself, Garrett. How you doing? I'm doing good. My name is Marvin. This is the Wednesday Comics Podcast. We are here to tell you the comic book's coming out for this week. Uh, that is May 20th, 2020. Also going to be reviewing uh, the book that we uh, that I selected last week, The Hunter, uh, by uh, Darwin Cook, or adapted by Darwin Cook, originally by Rod, uh, Richard Stark. Uh, but before we get there, like I mentioned, we're back, baby. I mean, comics are, I mean, this is the first week Diamond is back open. And so the first week we have uh, our uh, forecast is back. Alex, uh, this morning... You know, he kind of lost his ability to uh, tell the weather, and so he's been off at weather school on off nights, and so he's here now. Alex, yep, you, yep. you were keeping fresh, right? You got to sharpen the knife. Well, I had to, I had to resharpen it. It got so dull. Uh, cutting butter was tough. Now I can do it again. And I am like a uh, what's that sharp sword that they used to have? Not sword, knife. Uh, that you can get the whole family's worth of knives. Always cut uh, tin cans. Go right back to the tomatoes. That's me. Super sharp. <laughs> wow, that was that was quite long, the thing. Long, I, long story here. I'm still sharp. You got it. Uh, there we go. Let's start first with, uh, as always, uh, Image Comics Birthright number uh, 43. That's Joshua Williamson and uh, Andrea Bresson as war rages across Earth. A long last ally returns to Mikey's side. Alex, I don't know why I'm going to ask this, but it's prep. It might be possible. Are you caught up with this book? I am caught up on this book. Oh, how's it going? It's good. I mean, obviously, I'm two months behind because I read it right away. But it's great. Uh, honestly, we're back. We're 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 in the human world. We're in on Earth, and uh, shit's hitting the fan. The big baddies showing up. We're I don't know if we're getting near the final level. By the way, I watched Jumanji number one last night and Jumanji uh, number two next level. So there might be a lot of next levels in my brain. Uh, it was good. I really am excited for if this is the end run, it should be really good. I'm hoping that after we finish up this big fight that's going to happen, that there's either one issue to to tie it all together and make it a happy bow. I don't imagine uh, Joshua would keep running this book longer than he has to. There you go. Deadly Class number 44, Rick Remender and uh, Wes Craig. End of the story arc, which I mean... I don't know when's the last <laughs> issue. What did it come Worst about? timing award. Yeah, I was going to say, so I'm not sure if I remember that, but here we go. Bone Machine Part 5, finals are here, but Marx's plans haven't gone as expected and quite the opposite. While he was making plans for King's Dominion, Master Lin was making plans for him. The fifth and final issue in the Bone Machine story arc promises many unexpected and shocking events. Uh, what do you think here, Garrett? I still can't forgive Maria for what she did to Marcus. Um, man, that last issue was freaking nuts. So I can only imagine this issue is going to be just as crazy. So I'm excited. Um, I think that's the first time in a long time I've remembered the last issue of Deadly Class. So uh, here we go. Bring it on. There you go. Uh, Ludocrats number one. And actually, I want to give props to Karen Gillian and... Uh, Ja, Jim uh, Rossingle, uh putting out a number one issue. The first week comics are back. That's kind of ballsy. There you go. Uh, Tamira Bone Villain, series premiere of the Ludocrat, the Ludicrous Aristocrat, a collision of the ornate fantasy of Dune in an M rated asterisk or Abelek. Uh, Baron Otto Van Hayes and Professor Hayes 0K are here and they're going to save us all from 
and they're going to save us all have a nice time. Okay. <laughs> Karen Gillan, you know you like them. But, uh, so if you're looking for a new book in these times, there you go. Uh, that's all Mitch Comics had. I didn't see anything else for uh, Dark Horse Comics or IDW that we usually get. So uh, it's going to be a slow trickle back to normal. But here we go, DC Comics, Red Hood Outlaw, number 45, Scott Liddell, and uh, Palio Pantelina. Uh, well, what do we think about the Red Hood Outlaw, Alex? How's that going? <laughs> It's good, you know, and, all, and unfortunately, it's not as strong as the first like twenty-three issues, where the team seemed like a nice uh, oiled-up machine. We got into that awkward phase at twenty-five until about now, and it's still in that awkward phase for me. Yes, I know we have the team back together, but it's not nearly as strong or as refreshing as it has started off with. I'm not saying I'm going to drop it quite yet, but it is in my thoughts. There you go. It is in the thoughts. Uh, Red Hood Outlaw. Uh, Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, number 10. Matt Fraction, Steve Lieber. Jimmy continues his world tour, risking his life for more of your sweet retweets, likes, and faves. Uh, plus, the mastermind behind Jimmy's assassination is revealed, and the insidious secret he's willing to keep, excuse me, willing to kill for, will end up everything, everywhere, forever. Assuming by everything, you mean everything in the pages of this comics. Also, have you heard of Arm Fall Off, boy? Get ready to meet the entire Fall Off family. What connections do they have to all this nonsense? Probably not much, but hey, you never know. What do we think about that, Garrett? <laughs> um, that's all, It's always interesting when there's a solicit for uh, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen issue because there's like 10 mini-comics going on in this one comic. So, uh... Yeah, it's a great book. It's really funny. And me and Alex were saying before the show, it's good, but it's like, it's really wordy. But I mean, once you get, it's not like weighing the book down. It's just, it's a lot to overcome to enjoy this book, but uh, it is a great book. There you go. And finally here, I just want to mention this because I noticed this was the only other comic that was like a number one. <clears throat> so if you're coming back to this Wednesday with uh, very limited comics, as some of us are, maybe you want to pick up a new issue. Uh, zero, excuse me, year zero, number one of Five, Ben Percy, Ramon Rosanas. Uh, ben Percy and Ramon Rosanas uh, team up to present an epic tale that offers a global look at the zombie apocalypse. A Japanese hitman, a Mexican street urchin, an Afghan military aide, a polar research scientist, a Midwestern American survivalist. Five survivors of a horrific global epidemic who must draw upon their unique skills and deepest instincts to navigate a world of shambling <coughs> dead. Year Zero wrestles with the weighty moral and theological questions posed by the pandemic and investigates its cause and a possible cure. So here you go, a new book. Looks like from Upshot Comics. Uh, <coughs> let me look at this preview right here. Let's see what, what we got here. What the, how's, it look? Uh, how's it look here? You know what? Not bad, not bad, not bad. All right. Alex, what looks to be, you your, book that, yeah, look, what looks to be your pick this week? Maybe the one book you're getting? Uh, you know, I... Uh... I'd almost say I speak for all three of us, but maybe not. I would say Deadly Class number 44. I mean, it's been a long time since I've turned those pages that I'm uh, excited to get back into it. Unfortunately, we're going to finish up this arc. But I actually remember what happened in 43, and if it lives up to the uh, trailer that you read for us. I don't know what the right word was going to be. Uh, it's going to blow my socks off, so it should be pretty good. Garrett, what do you think? Is it going to be this or Jimmy Olsen? It's got to be Deadly Class. I mean, last issue was just too insane. 
And uh, I can't wait to see what's going to happen in this issue. It's going to be explosive. There you go. Probably dead class for me also, just because, uh, just because, uh, uh, sorry. I understand there's, uh, there's a nuisance in your house right now. I mean, yeah, you, you can't figure out how to keep the mute on and turn something else. Subtitles on. God, <laughs> hashtag guess also won in the house today, uh, uh, in the background there, but he didn't, he's, uh, not caught up with comics, so he can't join us. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, you deadly class. I mean, I mean, it's going to be like weird for a little bit until everything gets back into the full swing of things, but I am kind of excited to uh, read something brand new, which I mean, I mean, to be fair, the stuff we were going back and reading, at least two of us out of every one uh, hadn't read before, maybe three of us like this book here. Um, so it was a nice little uh, getaway. But uh, as I always say, new comics, new pages. Keep turning them. Right, Alex? <laughs> you know it. <laughs> uh, how's that weather looking, though? <clears throat> so this weekend was uh, wet and dreary, like everyone has probably already figured out. Uh, but coming this week, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be sunny. It's going to be hot. Up in the 80s there this week. Uh, get your tank tops out. Get your pools going. Do what you got to do to stay cool. Uh, still social distance. Make sure you're staying away from people unless you got to go out to work. Then I understand it. Or you need to get groceries. I get it. Enjoy that sunlight. Go for a long walk. Uh, bring water for your dog if you're taking the dog for a walk like I will be. Take water for yourself. Stay hydrated. Don't get uh, don't get heat stroke. Be smart. It's gonna be hot. You sure? I mean, it's gonna be eighty five. It's gonna be like eighty five this week. It's gonna be beautiful. Well, I mean, it could be eighty five and be raining and not be super hot. Yeah, I see a lot of rain on the forecast. I didn't see any rain when I looked outside today. So <laughs> wow, you must be like a local news station. <laughs> no, it's gonna be eighty degrees. Don't worry. You didn't see the rain that fell yesterday. <laughs> Nope, no, nope. all day. <laughs> well, there you go. This is the forecast, uh, the newest one that you'll receive. Uh, maybe not the most accurate, but the newest one you will receive. Uh, brought to you by Rainbow Comics and Cards. Uh, I believe they are at um, full, uh, what do you call it, operational status. Um, so uh, yeah, most places are opening up and uh, reducing the uh, quarantine rules. Uh, but if you still don't feel... 100% comfortable. I believe they are still offering the curbside service, and then you can always get your books delivered to you. So, RaymondComicsAndCards.com. Go there for more information. Who follow South Dakota or Lincoln, Nebraska, or anywhere in the world, uh, actually, if you want to get it mailed to you. RaymondComicsAndCards.com. Uh, a couple things here before we officially uh, get into this review. Just a couple of pieces of news I thought maybe this group here uh, would like to comment on. First things first... I saw that uh, the CW hiccup Swamp Thing and actually read more into it. And it is that they're they're not making a new series, Alex. I know you had that question for me when I sent you the news. <laughs> they're just reshowing that season one that was on DC Universe. So uh, it, they're just putting it on TV. But they are they did retain the rights to them, so they can put them in. They a can. Season, I mean, so. it, it is going to depend on how that does. So I mean, if it does great on CW, then they'll. But the, the thing is, is like, and I you could tell right away with that. Uh, poster they put out that is Abigail and uh, a Swamp Thing that they're really going to go for that kind of romantic angle which I mean it's a CW and they always have to have like uh, some way to rope in a romantic thing which is, I mean it's natural to part of that story but that's going to be the main focus probably for that book oh not book but show um, another thing I did see that uh, some comics are uh, since they were in this weird uh, you know kind of uh, lingo lingo Limbo? Limbo. Uh, <laughs> how you doing? Uh, limbo 
between comics not coming out and them coming out, uh, DC and Marvel had announced that they are going to uh, finish the final issues of these series that were going to end uh, in print. I mean, in digital only, and no more, no more print. So that Hawkeye freefall that Alex uh, you were getting, uh, that the last couple issues will only come out digital only. They won't come out in print. And there's only one more issue left, which is the sad thing. Okay, issue there's one five. issue left. And then for DC, uh, I saw that it was Supergirl. There was another one on there too, but <laughs> I forgot what it was. Um, it was ending also, and there's, and so it's gonna be digital only the last issue. And I will say, you know, I'm not I'm a big proponent or I'm a big uh, uh, celebrator of the digital comics, but it seems it seems kind of shitty that you could pick up the whole series in print. And I know people like Alex, and then now that you can't ever get that last issue, so it's always gonna be incomplete. How does that mess with your mind, Alex? <laughs> in all honesty, I think for the fact that we've already missed out on like four months worth of books from when that last issue came out, I really don't care. I caught up with it. And yeah, right. It was good. Like it was, it was pretty. But in all honesty, I don't think I'd ever revisit it or read it again. So that's not true. Be I the guess end of the world. I guess it's a, a mini series, and it wasn't really like it's not like Saga. Like if Saga was coming out right now, and they said, "Hey, during quarantine, these are gonna be digital only," and then when we start back up, we're gonna go back to print, but we're not gonna print those digital ones only, then you would be freaking out because you have a gap in your collection. Holy shit. I would, I would flip <laughs> shit. I would, I would honk out. I'd be so fucking pissed. <laughs> but I mean, this is like, okay, whatever. Like it wasn't like something you were super invested in. I mean, it will actually come out and print in the trade. So they are still going to print trades of this and then the last issue will appear. So if you have no so I should rip it out <laughs> when I go to a bookstore <laughs> and make it, rip it out, take it home. I have the issue. Say, DC, this is what you owe me. Who was writing that again? Uh, ben Percy and Alda Schmidt. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, so there you go. Uh, a couple pieces of news. Uh, oh, actually, last piece of news here. And Wait, then, it was Matthew Rosenberg. Sorry. Matthew Rosenberg. That's right. Um, you know, we usually go around and say what we've do, been doing in quarantine in place of the forecast. But since we had the one this week, uh, just briefly, I want to mention a couple of things uh, that I have done uh, that you guys uh, probably want to comment on. Uh, very first, I started watching Dark Phoenix, the uh, new one, X Men. Oh shit! Yeah, Oof. I don't Oof, fucking boss. think I've seen a worse movie in recent memory, boys. Uh, I oh my god, it's <laughs> so bad. I give it a fair shake, and let me know if this is a fair shake. Forty minutes in, like I watched forty minutes of it, and I was like, I can't watch this anymore, and I shut it off. That's pretty solid. I mean, that's enough to be like, okay, I gave it a more than almost three quarters of an hour, uh, and there's no redeeming qualities. I, I turn it off. That's shit. That's uh, garbage. See, I had to stick it out for uh, at least the part where uh, Mystique bites it. Um, well, that's where actually I, I shut it off right after that. So maybe it was. Yeah, it's about forty minutes. And then, Spoilers. like I did, I did pick it up every now and again, and then I watched the last half hour, like the final battle, garbage, and then basically they just like do a real big cop out at the end. And then it ends with like Charles and, uh, exi- and, uh, what's his face? Eric just playing chess. <laughs> just like, wow. Well, nice I mean, fart in the wind. like the beginning of it, uh, every single actor, uh, this is what I was saying, because actually I, I, last week, if you hear back from last week, I started watching Venom. I did finish Venom. I actually did really, I enjoyed, it was enjoyable. It wasn't like I knew it wasn't the best movie. It didn't feel like some of the writing was a little off and some of it was kind of dumb. But uh, Tom Hardy is really good in it. 
which really <laughs> that surprised me. He's a good actor, but he's good enough that you can watch the whole movie and be like, oh, okay. Like, I like the way he, that he portrays <clears throat> Eddie Brock and also Venom because he plays Venom too. Um, but I get 30 minutes into this movie and I was like, literally not one person, not even Jennifer Lawrence, uh, act like they give a shit. Like, literally the worst act that I've seen in my life. It, it feels like Simon Kinsberg was like, hey, let's just do a take and get out of here. Like, they did one and done. Like, it feels like they're just reading. Like, none of them are actually acting. And it makes it very hard to invest in that kind of story when you, they want to make you believe that she's possessed by the Phoenix Force when they don't even believe that they're making a movie. So, like, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> it seems like uh, Jennifer Lawrence is like, come on, when when I when do I die, let's go. Um, so yeah, it's like fulfill this contract, let's go, let's get out of here. So I don't know. Uh, second thing here, and Alex, I know you'll enjoy this piece. Um, a place more Spider Man, nice. and you're I mean, I bet you're curious about how I'm doing with the fight system. Huh? I don't. I'm not curious. I know how you're doing, but but a little anyway. bit more. Uh, it got a battle with some thugs, not even a boss. Right, it was on a rooftop. Some guys were coming after me. Um, I had it on amazing, which is like the normal setting, uh, and I kept dying. I couldn't fucking beat anybody, dude. I just couldn't. So I moved it down to uh, friendly. I think it's called, which is like it <laughs> literally says. It says it says for somebody who wants to enjoy the story but is not good at combat. And I said that's for me. I just want to finish this game. Like I don't really <laughs> care to be good at this combat. Clicked it. Died two more times. Oh my god. You know Circle is Spider-Sense, right? <laughs> I think you would benefit from just tapping like 10 circles hey, in one square. There's one more setting below friendly and I might click it on. So What what is what would what's below friendly? It literally says like somebody who just is, Peter Parker. <laughs> <laughs> I think the guys you just stand there and you fight the them. I think they like come on screen and they're like, "All right, kill us." Like but, uh, you don't get to be Spider-Man at all in this game. You're just going to be Peter Parker. <laughs> uh, but I, I mean, I really actually enjoyed it. There was um, that specific battle. I do enjoy the ones that are more wide open areas so you can actually do some stuff and like swing around and like uh, when it's like one contained room, it kind of feels weird for a Spider-Man game uh, in a sense that you really can't be Spider-Man, Spider-Man. And uh, I mean, eventually I beat it, but uh, the game's kind of hard. I'm just going to tell you that. <laughs> I admit it's it's a tougher game, dude. Just, but as long as you're if you're used to like, because you can bounce off the walls and hit people and do all that kind of stuff, you just got to use your environment most. That's of the what time. I was gonna but say. I can understand that's tough. The last time when I actually beat them, I finally like would hit a couple guys, swing away, and like while I was swinging or coming down, I would do the uh, pick up something and swing it and hit somebody, and then come down and do a couple moves and then swing away. Which I think for a while I was playing it kind of like the Batman games. Like I just would stand there and shoot people. And I shoot people. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> uh, I would like just beat them up. But then there's guys with like guns and they stand far away and you eventually just die. <laughs> also, I think I have it in my head that you re- regenerate health by just standing there and you don't. You have to like power up and no. regenerate. So, anyway, so you can use your you can use your um, what do you call it? Like your combo builders to heal yourself, but. If you're strong enough and good enough, you can just save those for breaking people's arms. I'm sure uh, people are interested in hearing me talk about this. What, two-year-old game? How long? One year? 2018. So, year and a half. Uh, It's a great game, though. Final piece of news. Uh, Very lastly, uh, 
And Amazon, uh, New Mutants was up there acting like it was going to come out digital only, the, the movie that's been delayed like four times. And they eventually said, no, it's not coming out digitally only. It'll be coming out in August. Like August 23rd is what I saw. Um, so we have a new uh, release date for uh, New Mutants. Uh, I think, uh, I mean, I'm going to put this out there and you guys let me know if you agree. At this point, they should just put it out in digital. Like, yeah, who's still looking forward to that movie? Yeah, put on Disney Plus, just be done. Well, I mean, even if they just put it out where it's like 20 bucks, be like, buy it. I'd be like, all right, fine. Like, I don't know if how much money they would make doing that. But at this point, there's no me. I don't think anybody's going to go see it in theaters. Yeah, probably not. Oh, I, you mean the release date to come out in theaters is, is yeah. August? Oh, that's shit. They that's pushed stupid. it back again and was like, hey, no, it's coming out in theaters in August. There was a mistake, no. I guess. It showed up on Amazon. So people were like, oh, it is coming out digital uh, release instead of in theaters. And then they pulled it from Amazon then and said it was a mistake. And then Disney came out and was like, it's coming out in August. Which I think is to fill in the gaps of their schedule now. Because August and then you have Black Widow in November. Um but still, I mean, at this point, who cares? <laughs> I mean, what, the movie was supposed to come out like two years ago. It's like, uh, it's like the, I think at the time, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. The big at the time, the biggest star was Macy Williams from Game of Thrones, and at this point, nobody's going to that movie to see anything related to Game of Thrones. So, um, at this point, just I mean, just put it out. Heck, but- Barely anyone's going to see it for being an X-Men movie. And they're like, oh, maybe this is well, something I mean, cool. You don't follow up New Mutants from that Dark Phoenix and expect people to want to go. Like, <laughs> that's the thing. Can it's, that movie even be good? That's what I'm just curious oh, about. By the way, that's Cyclops in Dark Phoenix. Probably the worst Cyclops I've ever seen on TV. Um, they don't yeah, make there's him, no reason for him at all. <laughs> well, they don't make him really a leader. He's kind of a whiny He's just like, I, I don't know what they got to do to finally figure out how to do Cyclops. Like, he's supposed to be a born leader. Like, he falls into the leader thing, and he actually believes he believes that he's always right because uh, he's the leader of the group, and he wants to do what's right for them. And then eventually he figures out that the right thing for mutants is, is what Magneto's been saying all along, and he joins them to, um, you know, do their thing. But uh, for the longest time, like, the thing that makes him different then Wolverine and why they clash is that Cyclops is by the book and he thinks he's like the leader, like he's a self-appointed leader while Wolverine actually leads by example and he does anything he does needs to do to get it done. And so that's why they clash. And yet in this movie, uh, I did not even get the, uh, hint that he knew what he was doing. So, uh, not only that, there's a weird scene. I, I Garrett, if you don't remember, they're inside the Quinjet and they get to space, which first off, like that thing is supposed to fly <laughs> as like it, it's made to fly through the air, like and, right. and, oh, whatever. Um, but then they're like Cyclops, shoot the plane to make it stop spinning, which is like, OK, like that. Sh- you can't nudge it or something like that. You got to go shoot it with this fucking <laughs> blaster. All right. And then he goes down to the bottom of the ship and he looks into this like periscope thing and he shoots through there to like shoot out the lasers, like to make it like a weapon from the Quinjet. And I was just thinking the whole time, I was like, would that work? And if they got a hold on there and a periscope and they're in space, like, and also like a bunch of, like Nightcrawler jumps over to the new ship and like grabs with Quicksilver and they grab a bunch of the astronauts and come back. And then later Gene goes over there to say one last person. And never once are they wearing any kind of helmets in space. Never once do they act like they can't breathe. And I was just thinking like, there's no, they breathe air. 
Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand. I mean, maybe because Quicksilver is, you're over there for two seconds, but Nightcrawler, when he's like, he's like, hold on a second, let me get them. And he's like running fast and getting them. He's like, all right, let's go. And I was like, first off, there's no way Nightcrawler knows, like, that's like, you're going so fast. There's no way Nightcrawler understands what you're saying. And uh, yet somehow he does. And uh, that's what, like, like, that's what I'm saying. That's like the first, like, 10 minutes of that movie. And I was like, I'm done. And it's it, all garbage. And it just jumps in. Like, there's no time to build any kind of characters. There's no time to have, you know, some kind of establishing story happening. No, it jumps right in. And she turns into the Phoenix within, like, 15 minutes. And uh, it's like, all right. So. Yeah. Cock-a-poo-poo. I think, I think, I think. I think James Marsden was actually a Marsden, sorry, was a good Cyclops, at least in the first episode or first movie. Uh, the second one, they turned him evil right away. He never got a chance to do anything. And then three, they killed him off. Like, he's a good Scott. I think he's a good they Scott, but they didn't treat him with respect in that story. Dude, so. James Marsden's curse in every movie franchise he's in Superman Returns, Girlfriend Leaves Him, X Men. <laughs> Fox Wolverine. I mean, come on. I, I forget that. And Superman returns as Superman comes back and he's dating Lois Lane. And she's just like, all right, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he's Superman. What am I going to do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, dude. You're only human. Let's, let's, let's he's a good singer, though. <laughs> In that Enchanted movie. Oh, yeah. He belts it out, that James Marsden. But even he doesn't get with, uh, what's her that's, face from Enchanted? I think that's spoilers. Uh, well. Anyways, here we go with our review this week of uh, The Hunter by uh, Darwin Cook, the aforementioned Darwin Cook that we were talking about. Uh, written and drawn by Darwin Cook, uh, originally based off the novel by Richard Stark. Uh, and actually, I did look it up because I was curious on when this uh, book would have came out. It looks like, a, let's see here, character, where's the book? Novels, here we go. Uh, the Hunter is this one here. It's been adapted twice into a movie. The Hunter came out in 1962, but it is based in 1949. Uh, so it is an adaptation of the novel. Uh, there is multiple, uh, Darwin Cook was working on this as a series until he unfortunately passed away a few years ago. So I think there's three of them out. And this is the first one in that series from IDW Publishing. Uh, it tells a story about uh, uh, Parker. Uh, Parker is a criminal, and him and a criminal uh, gang uh, do a robbery, and then he gets double-crossed and left for dead, and he's back for payback to get back everybody that uh, did him wrong and to get back his money. So <clears throat> it's kind of a, it's a noirish kind of detective, uh, in a way, uh, book. Uh, there's no real colors in it. It's more about uh, inking and drawing. I just want to know uh, off the bat here, what do you think about this book, Alex? I actually really, I, I really did enjoy it, and a part of me couldn't get over the fact that uh, Darwin Cook, Darwin Cook's art is so fantastic. I can only think about uh, was it JLA's New Frontier? That the whole time I'm reading this, going, it looks so good. There's some old, like old timey language that not necessarily threw me off, but it did take me out of the book from time to time. That I had to reread things two or three times. Going, that doesn't make sense in the. I mean, in the context, maybe it does, but in all general, like for my brain to understand it, it wasn't. 
even a sentence structure that bothered me. But otherwise, I really did like it, and I did I I tried to binge read it. It was it was a lot of words. There were times where there were so many panels, and they all looked so good. There was no words, and other times where you got hit with a whole page of just words. And I was like, oh, okay, it's. I mean, I get you got to set the the story wasn't really that complex that I really didn't need it all spelled out for me. I, well, I mean, the way that they're telling the story, but I really did enjoy it. I'd probably give it a seven. The way that they tell the story is not like a, a straight narrative. It starts with him getting revenge on one person, then flashes back to the night of the robbery, and you kind of see that happen. And then you kind of see him getting revenge again, and then it flashes back about like what really happened that night, and then flashes again back to him getting revenge. And um, I didn't know actually uh, that this book actually is not really the—I mean, not the super end of of this story uh it kind of ends like if you just read this one to be like oh that's cool but the actual um him with the outfit like him versus the outfit or the organization uh that story continues in the next book there but uh garrett what do you think um so i liked it um but i thought you know and i think this is unfortunate is like this is obviously an adaptation and this book must have inspired a lot of stories because I felt like I've like seen this story before, like how this has all been laid out. Like a lot of it resonates to me for like Sin City with Frank Miller, with like the hard goodbye and things like that. So for me, it was it was good. And I love the art. And I agree with Alex. So there were some pages where there's just like a wall of text. And then I liked when Darwin Cook's art was kind of telling the story. And, and I get you needed both. But. Yeah, there was a lot of spoon feeding going on, and there was other times where I'm just like, is that Parker or is that somebody else? Like, like, like he draws the faces so similar. I was like, I can't tell if this is from Parker's perspective, from a bad guy's perspective. There's a couple pages where I was a little lost. I saw that. Well, there's there's, yeah. there's that, uh, um, the part where he's going to the train, and I'm not sure who I'm watching. Like, Parker moves so smoothly, apparently, without having to have any explanation how he gets places that I kind of struggled with, and I don't necessarily need to know all the fundamentals, but at least it needs to make sense how good he was. And it's my same complaint with Batman. This dude's a god in the book, and it bothered me. Um, I guess that's the way he's uh, written in the novels, because actually <clears throat> I have this uh, pulled up here. Uh, ruthless career uh, criminal Parker has almost no traditional redeeming qualities, and I guess that's true. That actually surprised me. I thought he was going to be more of a hero, but he really is a shitbag. I mean, he's not the greatest guy. Um, it surprised <laughs> me. Uh, well, I mean, like, this book is set in 1949. It was written in 1962. So the portrayal, portrayal of women characters in this book isn't the greatest. Uh, there's a lot of uh, guys just slapping around ladies. And I, I laugh because there's one instance when the guy's uh, Mel, Mal, Mel, Mal, Mal, Mal. <clears throat> he's, like, leaving his room and that lady comes in. And I don't know, it's almost comedic. He, he, she just comes in and goes, hey, and he like slaps her and goes, get out of my way. And I was just like, really? Like, that's really like, he's really going to be characterized as like that kind of like evil guy. But I, would, I mean, it, it's definitely not, it's written exactly very faithfully to how the book is written. Uh, and it didn't feel like to adapt, uh, to modernize those kind of uh, uh, culture uh, things. But um, also on your point here, so no redeeming qualities aside from efficiency and professionalism. And that's in Parker is callous, uh, meticulous, and perfectly willing to commit murder if it's deemed necessary. Uh, however, he has one principle. He will not double-cross another professional criminal unless that person double-crosses him. So uh, should, he, should that happen, Parker will uh, undertake 
to exact a thorough and brutal revenge. So, I mean, he's definitely uh, a bad guy, and I do agree, like, he's more like uh, the boogeyman. He, like, he just appears, and he's ready to go. And uh, the subway scene, actually, is a good example of that, Alex, if you brought that up. I do think also, yeah, some of the things, like the way that uh, Darwin Cook, even though the art is fantastic, uh, character-wise, I did get confused a couple times about what was going on. And I was curious how much of that is due to reading it digitally, like in print, what I've got to, gotten. Because uh, it feels like you're supposed to read that in a bigger format, but I'm not sure. But those books actually, if you've ever seen those books, they're not actually a full-page comic like size. They're really smaller. So I'm not sure um, if it's just the art or if it's the way that it was pre- presented to us. But um, actually, I did enjoy it. Um, I think actually the second half is better than the first half. Uh, I think initially when you're first getting into the story, even though it does become pretty clear cut what's going on there, the first part I feel like especially so, um, I'll give it a, a give it a strong eight. He's going to do. What did you say, Alex? I'm going to give it a seven. And what were you saying, Garrett? Yeah, I would say seven. Uh, so he's going to be spoilers here because I can't talk about this book without spoiling it. So, um, at the beginning, he meets up with his, uh, wife, or I guess they're no longer together at that point. And he really just is like, doesn't like her and she doesn't like why. And he like is very, uh, angry towards her. And then she eventually commits suicide and then he cuts up her face and like leaves her somewhere. And for me right away, I was just like, what the fuck is going on? And then eventually That's where I was too. Like that was just like. What the hell? It's a weird introduction to that character in a way that makes you know, like be like, I don't like this guy. Is this the bad guy? And it takes you a while to like figure out where his head is, uh, intentionally or unintentionally. But I actually did kind of enjoy that beginning where you're like, oh, this is the main guy. I'm supposed to be like the protagonist, and he's not a good guy. Um, but I also was very confused until they finally explained like that he tried to kill her or she tried to kill him, and then we, later we find out that she was threatened that she would get killed unless she tried to kill him. But Parker never knew that. And so he, uh, she ended up killing herself because her husband didn't want her anymore. And like, she felt guilty about it. So at towards the end, like when, I think that's when it pays off is when you start learning more about it. And it's just a weird way to, weird way to tell the story, uh, in a way that makes you, like I said, hate Parker for like the first fourth of it. And then eventually you're like, Oh, okay, I get it. Um, not that Did it. you guys understand why she was getting like a thousand dollars a week? I couldn't get. I couldn't understand so, that part. So Mal wanted her, and then when at the house, Mal's watching them have sex, and he's like, "Oh, is she putting on a show for me to show me how good she is?" And blah 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 blah. Well, then when he finally gets to be with her, she wants nothing to do with them. But instead of admitting defeat, he's moved her to a different house. And pays the rent for her. So the only reason she's getting money is that it's out of almost like too much pride for Mal. Yeah, he's that still he can't like believe some woman would let him go, and that he's not good enough yeah. for her. He's still like paying her as if like they're together, and but he never went over to go see her or anything like that. So, um, this this uh novel's been adapted twice to film. Point Blank in 1967 with Lee Marvin, and then 1999 with Payback with from uh, Mel Gibson. Um. This is actually, uh, so there are 24 Parker books that Richard Stark put out. And like I said, I think Darwin Cook made three of them. Um, 
thought there was a Parker movie with uh, Jason Statham. Yes, Parker, an adaptation of the novel Flashfire, was released in January 2013 with Jason Statham as the title character, alongside Jennifer Lopez, Nick Nolte, and Michael Chiklis. So, yes. Um, you know what I actually most enjoyed about this book is that, like Alex said, I think the art's fantastic, especially those pages when... It's him just doing things, and there's not a lot of dialogue. I actually didn't have an issue with when it was a full page because it's more like a column of text, and then you have a big splash page. But every once in a while, like the end of book two, I believe, or book three, I think it was two, um, when he finds Mal, and Mal like tries to run for it, and it's that two-page spread, I thought that was beautiful. It's like uh, Parker in the dark, Mal trying to run away while the girl that he got uh, ordered, I guess, uh, was in the bed. And I think that's where Darwin Cook excels is like doing classical looking kind of books. And so like this is, you know, inspired by noir and it's very noirish and it definitely takes that stance where it's not going to be um, nice in a way. Like it's about bad people uh, in the opposite of like something that we're used to reading, like Ed Brubaker's Criminal. Um there's nobody here I feel like is redeeming. Um, and it actually, in a way, kind of drains you, I would feel like. Like Alex said, like, I binged this. I read the whole thing at once. And I feel like, since you don't really like anybody a lot, like Parker, you're like, okay, he's getting revenge, but he's still not a nice guy. He goes to talk to that one lady and still, like, is threatening to, like, kill her or beat her up if she doesn't say anything. And she literally didn't do anything. She's his friend. And it's like, he's not a good guy. And so it's hard to read a book like that when literally every character, nobody's good. And, uh, well, the, go ahead. He, like, when he goes to, I think we were talking about the same girl when he, she gave him bad Intel yeah. and he goes back to her apartment and picks her and he's just holding her up by her hair. I'm like, dude, you're, you're a prick. That's I what would I mean. shoot you too. If I had the chance, that's what I mean. He's like, he's not a good guy. And even at the beginning, like I said, like it was unredeeming as he figured out like why he was acting that way towards his wife even though it explains it, it doesn't justify any of it. And then later, when, yeah, when that happens too, you're just like, this guy's not a good guy. And which, I mean, he's not supposed to be. It's not like they're trying to make him a hero and he's also doing these things. So it's not like Darwin saying that this stuff is okay. He's saying that everybody in this bag, this book is a shit bag, uh, especially Parker. And like, he just <laughs> wants his sh- money back. He just wants his money back and his revenge. <laughs> Maybe that's why was it was like, tough for me to like... My favorite thing is you saying shit bag. <laughs> Yeah, that may have been why it was tough to like really like this book because I couldn't like associate with any characters. No, I don't. Just, I, I couldn't either. I was just so on the outside in. I was just like, man, I I don't know why. I thought like, at some point I'm Parker to was going to be this. good or something, but no. Like Alex said, yeah. like that part where he's holding up that lady by her hair just because she gave him bad intel and is ready to like beat the shit out of her and maybe kill her. That's like at the end of the book. <laughs> so like that's like uh, forty pages from the end, right before she gives him the intel where he is and he goes out there. And uh, talks to Mal. So, like, I mean, it's not a good person. None of them are good people. But I don't also feel like, I don't feel like Darwin at all uh, holds back and tries to make Parker a good guy at all. And I think in that sense, it's way, Darwin's not saying this is okay. And he's not saying that these are good people. And, I mean, that part of it does ring true is that they're all, like, like, as I said before, shitbags. Um, (laughs) And so, but yes, it makes it very difficult to read a book about you know these criminals who are horrible people and never once where you're like man i guess he's okay like never once has he done something where like well he's horrible but 
at least he's nice to like women and children. No, I mean, he, he, this guy's yeah. gonna kill anything, dude. He went into that that beauty salon and fucking killed that lady. He knocked yeah. her out, punched her in the chin just so he could sit up there and and do a stakeout. And then he's leaving. He's like, "Oh shit, this lady's dead. Oh, I guess she had an inhaler. She had a breathing problem. I didn't know that. All right, police." <laughs> and I was just like, "Jesus fuck, this guy's not good. He's not a good guy at all." Like, and like I said, there's never anything where they try to make him good and he still acts that way. And so, in that sense, I feel like Darwin's not saying he's a good guy, and I don't think he's supposed to be. But it's very hard to read a book like that um, when that's not who I look up to to be my protagonist. So. Yeah. Well, well, I'm trying to like I was trying to relate him to other characters who kind of have the same mo, like Frank Castle, the Punisher. But then you even said, but Punisher doesn't kill kids. He doesn't kill women unless they're bad guys. He wouldn't go out of his way just to punch some woman in the face and then leave her tied up to a a furnace. And he even said, so then that's the thing in Sin City. Marv from Sin City. He's like, yeah, he's kind of a monster. He kind of beats the shit out of everybody. But it's all the bad guys. He's just fighting even worse men than him. He's just killing them. Well, yeah. in those examples, though, you have, like, some backstory of these characters, so you kind of can be like, oh, okay, I get where they're coming from. That's what I'm saying. Parker, it's like you know nothing about him prior to issue one, or page one of this book. I mean, yeah, there's the flashback, I suppose. Well, I mean, still, so like, like, I don't feel bad for him. I'm like, well. See, the thing is, duped. is that if he only wanted to go, if he only killed and wanted revenge on the people who tried to kill him, that's, I think, feel, like, justified in a way the same thing, like, Punisher wanted to kill, uh, everybody involved with um, his family's death. Uh, spoilers for Punisher. Um, <laughs> but uh, like we were just talking about, like he kills he kills whoever. Like he's going to let nothing stop him from getting what he wants. And you know what actually is, is uh, a worse quality of his? Uh, not only is he, like I said, killing innocent people, but when he had that lady tied up too, he's like, oh, she's got some nice legs, but not right now. Maybe afterwards uh, I'll get with somebody and when this is all done. And I was just like, what the fuck? Lady, yeah, you fucking bunched her in the chin, tied her up, and she's hooked up to a radiator. You're waiting to kill, uh, find where Mal is and kill him. And she's just like, Oh, she's got some nice legs. And I was just like, So that's what I mean. I don't think there's at any point that he's supposed to be like a good guy, he's only the person that we're following, uh, which makes it super difficult to want to get invested in a story where you're like, They're all horrible, like, what are you gonna do? But it- but it does make me interested to read at least the last two that he is that uh, Darwin Quick, Jesus Darwin Cook had put out is to see if there's anything that actually happens to him where like someone breaks his arm at least and leaves him for dead or I, honestly this is a story where you want the protagonist to lose and die <laughs> that I yeah. want to see if at least someone can try. I don't know, man. I don't know if I could get through two and three like this. This was pretty tough. Like just talking about this right now, I might go down to like a six. Like I. I love the art, but the story for me was just, yeah, maybe it's just told in too different of a generation where I'm just like, yeah, God, I don't know. I mean, I was also thinking when I was reading this was like, I wonder if Mel Gibson and Payback is this much of a shithead. Like, (laughs) he probably is like more of a hero in that movie. Uh, I've never seen that movie, but I am interested to actually check it out now. It's by uh, the director, uh, Martin Campbell, right? Better Garrett, director of I'm Christina sure. Royale. I've, I've never seen it. No, no. I mean, it is. I'm just saying oh. he's the director of Christina Royale, so he made that movie. Oh. Um, so I'd be interested to check it out and see, you know, how similar it is to what we read. But I guarantee you that he's more of a hero on that movie than he is in this <laughs> in this story. Um, 
I was also going to say, like, there are some people who are super horrible. Like, have you ever seen Goodfellas and Joe Pesci's character? He's a monster in that movie. He's he's horrible. But there's two things about him that are redeeming is that he loves his friends and he's a funny guy. So, like, you kind of want to be his friend too. You know, right? Like, the funny guy, you're like, oh, I want to, like, he makes me laugh. I want to be friends with him. But also, like, he's crazy. He's psychotic. And so he never does anything redeeming in that whole movie. But yet, somehow, like his his uh, uh, fun nature, you want to out and hang out with that guy. But in this book, Parker's not funny. There's no jokes. <laughs> He's about one thing, revenge. And I think maybe that's part of it is that from the beginning to the end, Richard, uh, not Richard, Parker uh, doesn't really change that much. He's just like this machine that goes and wants to kill. He's a Terminator. Um and kind of what uh, Alex was saying was that he's more like a force. Like, you're like, how do he get there so fast? More of a force to, like, kill these guys. And at a certain point, if you, like, are not believing in what he's doing anymore, like Alex said, like, want him to die, then I don't. Then it is kind of hard to get through. And like you said, Garrett, we might be a wrong generation to be reading this. People might be listening to this and be like, wow, look, they're, they're so uh, sensitive. But also it's super hard to, like, get into liking a character who I don't want to watch. In a way, yeah. right? See, like you say, sensitive. In my brain, I'm going. I don't feel like I'm that sensitive towards most of these things. I'm fine with beating the shit out of people. I'm fine with punisher punishing people. But like you said, there is nothing. There's no fun part about him. There's nothing even sort of relatable. Where at least if he didn't necessarily take pride in what he's doing, but when he kills the girl and he's like, "Well, shit happens." Or honestly, I can't get over the him beating up that one girl who gave him bad intel. I really do. Well, I mean, he he holds her up by her hair off and jamming in the face. He holds her up by her hair off the ground. That shit's got to hurt. Also, I mean, when he when he does, (laughs) she must use good hair shampoo. (laughs) When he does kill that girl in the beauty salon accidentally, I think I I I would have to look up for the exact verbiage, but doesn't he look at her? um, uh, Shit, what's it called? For her asthma. Her inhaler. 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 inhaler go, this dumb bitch. <laughs> and I was like, she, he like blames her for being asthmatic. And I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> He's like, fuck, she, she needed a puff of this shit. I'm going to look it up right now because I remember thinking, being like, so not only is he not remorseful that he killed that girl, he's also like, this. He's why does she got to be not good with air? And I was just like, holy shit, like this guy. Why? Why are her lungs handicapped? <laughs> yeah, he's. Oh, let's see here. Where is it at? Oh, that stupid bitch. <laughs> he went over and looked more closely. Her eyes bugged halfway out her sockets. Her skin was a bluish red. He seen an inhaler in her purse. It was stupid. There wasn't any reason for a mouth gag to make her dead. <laughs> so like, he's like, oh my god. That's what I saw. I was like, he makes it even worse. He's just like, stupid inhaler. And I was just like. <laughs> <laughs> and you're right he's just like ah eh, cops coming she's dead well how did she die i don't give a shit he's like i don't know just get over here he's like i don't care how she died and it's just like oh okay <laughs> but anyways i mean the art's fantastic i think darwin cook is an adaptation of it I, the original novel like i just was reading in that on this page it says it's pretty faithfully ad- adapted uh so i think the issues that we have are more with the novel than darwin cook's adaptation of it Except for a couple of scenes where it's hard to tell what's kind of going on. And I feel like if this was um, bigger, uh, like bigger art, and maybe it would look 
uh, or be easier to see what's going on. But also, I feel like a lot of stuff might be darker than intended. Uh, maybe that's digital. Maybe it's not. But there's some scenes where it's like, I'm pretty sure this is just like a, bl- a blacked out scene. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> uh, well, and, I, and I don't want to give the thought that I don't like Darwin Cook work because I liked New Frontier. I liked uh, Twilight Children. It was really good. The art was great. The colors are good. I, and maybe it is just the darkness of this book and the fact that I don't like this character. I'm, and I'm taking that out on Darwin Cook himself. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I, I'm with you exactly, um, Alex. I, j- <clears throat> I just wasn't bothered by the uh, the long text in there, so that's why I think I like it more than you. But I think we're all on the same level of what we think about this book. The art's fantastic. Nothing against Darwin Cook in the way that he put together the story. Um, maybe just the story and the characters within it because they're so faithfully adapted, maybe uh, this kind of story doesn't need to be faithfully adapted. Like, maybe well, there's some I, things of it to be like, hey, you can change that now. Like, if you add one thing to this story, you could have, like, a John Wick, like, kill the guy's dog, and then we, oh, okay, we get it. Now he's really pissed off. But just, like, God, and, like, the amount of money. I mean, if you're a heister, like, 45000 this one also, like I said, in 19... God damn it, 45... I know what I know, but he's like, $45,000. It's like the Dr. Evil bit in Austin Powers, or it's like, that's not even that much. I did like his his takedown for actually getting to the syndicate, though, was when he goes to Carter's office and is talking to him and blah, 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 and doesn't get the information he wants, shoots him in the head, goes to Fairfax, uh, finally gets the, the deal brokered, and he lets Fairfax live, doesn't he? think so i think i think he does then he goes to the train station beats the shit out of everybody finally gets the money after being betrayed by them but it, it, the only good thing about him is the dude's efficient <laughs> that's what i was gonna say him. he knows how to kill but also it's like he's more of a machine and kills actually uh garrett forty five thousand in 1949 today is four hundred eighty four thousand. so it's almost half a million dollars wow which might make it more that you want your money so right um. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I know people are gonna listen to this and, and be like I said, be like maybe they should have read for what it is, and I did. But there are some things like it can't get past. So I don't know. It's just not for me. This is something definitely that I read. Being like, I'm sure somebody's able to disassociate and be like, uh, this is from a different time. I'm gonna read it in that time sense. But when you see things that happen that are just so jarring for somebody who you can supposed to be the protagonist of the book, like Alex said. The uh, when he gets the bad intel and goes back to get the right intel and that whole scene, uh, I don't know. It just it's it's hard for me to read a book like that and be like, you know what, this Parker guy's good. Like he knows what he's doing. It's like oh, okay, and and I, I guarantee even that uh, Lee Marvin uh, uh, adaptation of it in the movies probably isn't as so harsh. With, I mean, who knows, I guess, but uh, <laughs> uh, so harsh with the way that it, it, uh, Parker is. I mean, he's probably more of a hero in that. Like, nobody's going to make a movie and not make him a hero, which also, like, I'm glad that there's some sort of book out there that maybe not everybody's a hero, but also you got to give something for the people to root for. And there's nothing in here I'm rooting for. Agreed. Uh, so that's The Hunter by. Uh, Darwin Cook. I think actually, you know what's strange about this? I did not dislike this book at all, but I feel like this is the harsh review out of all the three we've done. 
Uh, and but I think it's more for like I said, I think it's more for the actual subject material rather than Darwin Cook's version of it. So, and I I would stand by that. I bet you anything if I go read that book, I'd be like, I hate this book. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> then if I read Darwin's Cook adaptation of it afterwards, I'd be like, yeah, you know what, this is good. Just like uh, if I read I watch those movies now, I'd be like, okay, this is a little bit better. I can stomach this a little bit more. So, uh, there you go, uh, the Hunter by uh, Darwin Cook there. Uh, Wednesday comic 605 at gmail.com. Go ahead and send us a mail there or 605-215-1849, the uh, phone number, or anchor.fm. and click on leave a message and leave us a message there. Uh, make sure also to subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Uh, we're on Spotify, uh, Stitcher Radio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the podcasts. Uh, go to anchor.fm if you're not sure where to subscribe, and there's some links there to get you to our pages. Um, make sure to go to Wednesday Comics. Uh, excuse me, go to anchor.fm and click on the uh, link, the website link. It'll take you to our merch page. We have a new uh, design out there. So if you're looking to get some new merchandise, uh, actually think that design there, you don't have to have our uh, faces on your on your shirt anymore. Um, but I think that design is simple and cool enough that you're like, hey, uh, it doesn't have to be that you wear it. And uh, I mean, I'm trying to say that it, it just looks like a cool shirt. So um, I got the... I just got my mug. Oh, That's yeah. great. You got a mug. I got a I got a light blue shirt with the uh, text being kind of pinkish. Uh, looks fantastic. Uh, but you got your shirt already? No, I haven't got my shirt already. I'm just saying from the picture. Oh. That I, I was did. gonna say like I got my mugs and then they did send like me an email. I'm not sure. If, did you get the email? The shirt. They sent me an email saying that because of everything going on, that it's gonna be delayed. That's what I thought. Uh, I might get it by July 4th. So who knows? Um, Roots of the Swamp Thing.com, your definitive source for all things Swamp Thing. Like I mentioned last week, this guy's going to blow up, baby. Alec, and you want to know what's going on. So uh, go to Roots of Swamp Thing.com uh, for more information. You can find him on DC World Swampy on Twitter or Facebook.com slash Roots of the Swamp Thing. Also, make sure to visit uh, Rainbow Comics and Cards.com. If you're in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, or Lincoln, Nebraska, stop by uh, for the first new comic book day in uh, what, month? Two months? What's it been? Two months? Uh, yeah, two? nine weeks. <clears throat> oh, or well, go to, technically, books have been coming out the last two weeks. So. Well, yeah, I get DC. But, uh, or go to RainbowComicsAndCards.com if you would like to see how you can get those books without having to travel. Uh, we have a book club. Wednesday Comics League of Extraordinary Gentle People proudly presents Fatal, Volume 1, written by Ed Brubaker, art by Sean. Nope. Hang on. Yes, Sean <laughs> Phillips. Sorry, I was going to say Sean Williams. Here you go. Fatal Volume 1. We'll be reading that for uh, the July 4th weekend uh, book club. Uh, similar to The Hunter, no, no, Noir Tale, but maybe a little bit of uh, Lovecraftian monsters involved, but also probably uh, less uh, inhalers in that book. So uh, <laughs> we don't want to worry about those kind of scenes. Inhaler. Stupid. <laughs> uh, is that everything? Yeah, I think that's everything. Um, I'm excited for another class to come out this week. Uh, I feel like, Garrett, you said you remember what was going on. I do not remember what was going on, but at this point, uh, I think I'll read the first couple pages, and I bet that'll be enough to get me jump-started and figure out what's going on here. Um, Alex, uh, Yo. we're, you're back, baby. Forecast all day. Of course. Yeah. I'll start watching the weather and looking a little more deeply. You boys think it's going to rain. 
I think it's going to be hot. You think it's going to be hot? 85, no wind. Rainforest. What's what's worse? 85, no wind, dry. Or 72, no wind, humid. Uh, I, think would, I think I would hit the dry over humidity. Let, hmm. me, let me hit you with this one. 85, windy, humid. Is it humid and windy? Can that even happen? Yeah. Oh, okay. It could, How windy it could. are you talking? Oh, like 100 miles per hour. Well, no, that would not be a fun day. <laughs> it's probably not going to happen in humidity. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine how hot that air would be blown in your face. <laughs> All day long, there's no rest for it. Well, you know, I mean, it might be out there and uh, might be sweating a lot. It might be uh, being blown away by the winds. Uh, but at least I got some redeeming quality. So, I mean, I'm not out there. Oh, speaking of which, I told you, you know, I finished Venom. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> there was that line that initially was in the trailer. Uh, it is in the movie still, the one where he says, I'm going to chop off your hands or your arms and your legs and your head, and then you'll just be out there like a turd in the wind. And I remember being like, that's just a stupid fucking line. But <laughs> to be fair to the movie, by the time you get there, you realize that Venom is just says stupid shit, and you're like, okay, well, that's his character. Like, he's he's not a... He says stuff like that the whole movie. And the way he does it, it's kind of like he he calls like, he tells uh, Tom Hardy, Eddie, to do something. And Eddie goes, no, I'm not going to do that. And then you just hear Venom in the background. Pussy. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> I, it is, I don't know what I'm about. It makes me laugh. It's, uh, by the time you get there, I'm like, all right, Venom, this this guy's a jokester. Uh, and he's saving this lady that you kind of meet at the beginning of the movie and you feel bad for her. So, you know, let him have his deal. <laughs> it's a God. <laughs> For Wednesday Comics, I've been Marvin. I'm Alex. I'm Garrett. Hey, everyone. Keep turning those pages and stay safe.